Today we're talking about the problems with back pain, specifically the back pain industry. So what do you do when you get hurt? What do you do when your back hurts? Well, I'll tell you the five things that most people do when their back hurts are probably not the best things for you. So let's dive into it. So the five things that I think most people around the world are doing when their back pain hurts, or at least in the United States, is number one, core strengthening. Number two, they go for a massage. Number three, they go see a chiropractor. Number four, they're looking for pain relief, maybe pain pills. And number five, surgical intervention, right? The problem with this is that there are thousands of other things that each of us can be doing all day, every day that we just don't know about. Um, so just strengthening your core may not be the best thing that you could do for yourself because A, how do you know if the core exercises you're doing are appropriate for the diagnosis that you have? Or maybe you don't have a diagnosis, right? But there are many, many core exercises out there that place a lot of stress on the spine and maybe making whatever's going on in your back worse, right? So it's important to know if you're doing core strengthening exercises, are these exercises appropriate for my specific unique condition? So that's the first thing. The second thing is that your back is connected to everything. It's connected to your neck, it's connected to your arms, it's connected to your pelvic floor and your feet and your ankles. So just training your core is sort of like putting bubble gum in a dam. It's, it's not really, it, it can work for a while, but it's not really the most comprehensive, most dependable solution to your back pain problems. And I know that core strengthening has helped a ton of people and that's great, but it's not the only resource available to us. Um, so there's that. The second thing people do is they go get a massage which is a brilliant suggestion. So all of the things that I've listed, core strengthening, massage, chiropractic, pain pills and surgery, these are all viable, these are all viable treatment options for back pain. What I'm talking about today is they're not the only options. And before you do each of those, there are other things that we can be doing if only we knew about them, right? So the next four things, massage, chiropractic, pain pills, and surgery, the problem with these four things is that they put the onus of responsibility on someone else. So you're no longer in charge. You're no longer getting skills that are gonna help you when you see a massage therapist, a chiropractor, or a surgeon, or a pharmacist right? That is not actually helping your condition. These, um, these modalities that I just mentioned can help your symptoms. They can help relieve your symptoms. Some of them may help relieve pain and discomfort, but you're not acquiring skills and you're not acquiring knowledge and you're not investing in yourself in a way that is going to enable you to take care of yourself going forward when this happens again, whatever it is. So in that respect, most of the ways that we manage back pain is through passive therapies. Passive therapies is when somebody else is applying a methodology or a therapeutic modality to you 
and you're not actually doing the thing, right? And so passive therapies are great to have in your toolkit. Um, but they're not the only, they're not the only things. Um, in retrain back pain, we use massage and I teach my clients how to self massage using therapy balls so that when you have a, an achy, exhausted, cranky part of your body, whether it's the soles of your feet or your shoulder or your low back or your SI joint, you, I can show you exactly where to put a ball and how to use that therapy ball to get exactly to the point, uh, that exact place on your body that is uncomfortable. Um, and the therapy balls that I use uh, are tune-up fitness therapy balls. They provide a, a wonderful feedback loop, right? So that if you have a sore or achy or cranky spot in your lower back, when you place a ball on that spot, you don't even have to move. Just having the pressure on a place in your body, especially the back of your body where we can't see it, we don't really have a great, can't touch it, we don't have a lot of communication with our back because it's on the back of our body. So when you put a therapy ball on your back, the minute that therapy ball presses into your body, your brain is getting a ton of feedback and your nerves are being sedated or communicated to through the amount of pressure or the amount of shear that you're creating with the therapy ball massage. So I'm a huge fan of, mas of massage. I use it in retrain back pain, um, but I don't use it in exclusivity as the only thing to do when your back hurts, right? And there are many, many super talented, um, really wonderful manual therapists out there and I have great respect for their work, their understanding of the body. And I think everybody should have a good massage therapist within your um, team of care practitioners, right? So it's good to have a massage therapist or two um, for when you want to use them for maintenance or for tune-up, but not depend on them only for helping you when your back hurts, right? And then we get to chiropractic care. So chiropractic has done an amazing job of aligning themselves with spine care. For a lot of people, when they think spine care, they think chiropractic care. I do not. <laughs> Again, there are a lot of really talented, really well-educated and well-trained chiropractors who are doing fabulous work. Many of them have continued their education well beyond uh, chiropractic sciences, um, and they are now using other things in their practices. So it's, they're using a multidisciplinary approach that I'm a huge fan of. Um, they're sort of like the old school chiropractic and the new school chiropractic. I really like the new school chiropractic, um, but the old sort of institutional type of chiropractic where you go through chiropractic school and then you crack people for a living. I'm really not a fan of that model. And from a patient perspective, the problem with chiropractic is that not cracking your back doesn't fix everything, right? Like the thing that's in your back, how do you know cracking the back is what that particular ailment requires? So it's sort of like the, the other things on this list. Like when you go to a chiropractor, some of them, 
their go-to tool is to do a manual adjustment on you where you hear that clunk clunk or cracking sound. Um, and I don't really think that that is the best way to care for the spine. Uh, I deal with a lot of people who have conditions of instability in the spine and or spinal fractures that they don't even know about yet and or nerve impingements uh, and or stenosis, which is a narrowing of the spinal canal. There are lots and lots and lots of different types of diagnoses for the spine, many of which aren't really appropriate for the traditional uh, chiropractic uh, subluxation correction model of treatment, right? So I think if your chiropractor reads x-rays and has lots of cool tools uh, in their toolkit and doesn't just have you get on the table and crack you, that they're, that it's probably okay. But, um, you know, adjusting people's spines without knowing what their diagnoses are, without seeing images of their spine, without doing manual assessments of the spine before you initiate a subluxation manipulation treatment protocol. I'm not a fan of that. Sorry. Uh, that's not to say that I don't appreciate chiropractors. There's, I have many chiropractors among my friends and professional colleagues. I'm just a little dubious that chiropractic, it sh I don't think it should be your first line of care if you don't even know what's going on in your back. So that's chiropractic. Some of what I feel about chiropractic. Uh, let's go to pain relief. So pain relief is a multi, multi-million dollar industry. Um, part of the problem with uh, pain relief is that, um, gosh, it's, there's so many factors about the problem with pain relief as an industry and, and pain pills that the easiest place to start would be the biggest elephant in the room, which is that prescription pain pills are addictive and they lose efficacy over time. So that means that if you've not really a huge fan of taking pills, but you start taking them because your pain is just ruining your life, you'll probably have to take more of them to get the same efficacy. And then it becomes problematic. So there's the efficacy of pain pills. There's the toxicity of taking pharmaceutical drugs or even taking over-the-counter pain relief medicines regularly, like six or eight pills a day or 20 plus pills a week. That doesn't really make a ton of sense for long-term care. Um, the other problem, you know, the bigger problem with pain, pain pills is that not all pain is created equally and not all pain requires a pain pill. There are, there are, I like to say that, um, pain happens on a spectrum and sometimes when pain is really loud and very, very, very uncomfortable, some pain relief might be appropriate mode of care. But there's all sorts of other things leading up to that where you're tired or you're fatigued or you've overdone it um, or your back's a little cranky or it's feeling a little weak and unstable. 
um, or maybe it's spasming, right? There are, there are many, 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 many points upon that pain spectrum whereby a pain pill is not your best tool. Um, maybe anti-inflammatories are, maybe muscle relaxants are. Personally, I think, you know, if you're going to see your general practitioner about your back, your general practitioner has no idea what to do with back pain other than the fact that their patients have back pain. So most general practitioners will write you a prescription for something, either a muscle relaxer or an anti-inflammatory or a pain pill. Back pain is sort of outside their zone of expertise. You can ask your general practitioner or your family doctor for a referral to a spine orthopedist. But your doctor is likely to refer you to someone that has a business relationship with their practice. They may not be able to refer you to a spine orthopedist because they know them personally or know their work well. So oftentimes these days in the US at least, the referrals we're getting from our doctors are not necessarily collegial. I know this doctor and she does great work. Often it's more of uh, my practice has a relationship with that practice. Go see someone in this practice. And that's more of a, more of a business relationship than it is a professional um, admiration or professional referral re relationship, right? which is a great leeway to surgery. And so if you've tried core strengthening, you've tried massage and you've tried chiropractic and you've tried pain pills and none of that stuff works, there's one more stop before surgery and that should be physical therapy, right? I think everyone should be in physical therapy who has back pain. If your physical therapist is not helping you um, it's actually your responsibility to convey some sort of communication with them about your care that is going to help them help you, right? They're not omniscient. They don't know how the exercises feel when you go home. So managing, I have a whole other podcast on uh, managing your medical professionals and managing your, your physical therapists. Um, so, and if you find a physical therapist and it's not really working out after a couple of weeks or you're not getting the results that you want or you don't feel like they're listening to you or the relationship just isn't working for you for whatever reason, then go see another physical therapist. You don't have to stay with the same physical therapist. You might go through three, four, five, or six physical therapists until you find someone that is familiar with your condition and that you sort of groove with. Right. So, um, keep doing physical therapy. Just keep trying different ones until you find one that works for you. So the final problem with the back pain industry is surgery and how quickly, um, doctors are moving patients into surgery these days. And so I think the rate of increase in spinal fusion surgeries from 2002 until 2018, I think it had gone up like 500%, 500%. Um, it is a lot harder to recover from spinal surgery than it is 
to recover from whatever's ailing your back for most people. There's certain conditions like spondy three, four, five, grade three, four, five spondylolisthesis, which certainly requires spinal fusion. Um, and, and by the way, there's certain surgeries that are fabulously effective and not very, not super invasively, um, life altering, like a discectomy can be very helpful for people, especially if there's nerve impingement involved. Um, surgery is a last resort. Surgery is like, if nothing else, if you've tried everything else, then go to surgery. The problem with that statement, I, most of my clients have tried everything and then they come to me and then I give them 47 new things that they've never even heard of, let alone tried. So you've tried everything that the back industry has suggested and we've been sort of trained to understand as our means of operation with back pain, which is, did you strengthen your core? Did you go to massage? Did you go to chiropractic? Did you try pain relief? Did you try physical therapy? Maybe, maybe not. And I think you're a candidate for surgery. My work in retraining back pain is to show you that there are thousands, I said 47 earlier, but there's thousands of things that you can do all day, every day that are going to help your back, that are going to help you move better, eat better, think better, understand what your diagnosis is, understand what your pain triggers are, understand which exercises are contraindicated, not helping your back, and which exercises will help your back for your unique um, condition or diagnosis. So that's my rant. My rant, because I'm in the back pain industry, so I hear all the time, I do my core exercises, but my back pain still hurts. Or I'm taking this drug and this drug and this drug, what other drug do you think I should be taking? Or, you know, I've been seeing my chiropractor for five years, every two weeks. You know that, if you're seeing your chiropractor for every two weeks for five years, you are a cash cow for them. And they're not helping you if you've been seeing them every two weeks for five years. Um, so, you know, there's lots of other things that we can do, but I hear often from my clients, I've tried everything. And what they've tried is all the regular stuff. And what we need in the back pain industry is more cross collaboration, more interdisciplinary care, more coaching and accountability and Q and A and patient education. Um, I'm doing that work and I'd love to do that work with you. If you are interested, come see me at retrain back pain, either on my website or uh, any of the social media outlets, platforms, I'm retrain back pain and don't hesitate to send me a message. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Thank you.